The reading is Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 12 to verse 17. From exile to the Messiah. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abihud, Abihud the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Akim, Akim the father of Elihud. Elihud, the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of Mathan, Mathan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus, there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile in Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Hersey, for reading that. We do love God's word. And in the past two Sundays, we have learned a little bit more about this genealogy. We learned from when Tim preached that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham, that all nations will be blessed through him. And last week when Bart preached, we learned that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to David, that a king would forever rule on his throne. And today, as we finish this genealogy, I hope to show you that Jesus is is the fulfillment of God's promise to the exiles, that a child will be born who will reign over all, and that he is the fulfillment of God's promise to each of us as adopted children of God. I hope to show this by showing you three things. Firstly, that Jesus came from unknown people. Secondly, that Jesus came to people as promised. And thirdly, that Jesus came to adopt people into his family. So let's begin with some prayer. Father, I do thank you that you are our God, that you are great and glorious, that we can come into your presence knowing that you lead us into all things. I pray for your word today, Lord, that it would be effective and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide between soul and spirit and of the bone and marrow. I pray, Lord, that your word would take root as good seed and give forth good uh, uh, Fruits, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's first of all begin by saying that Jesus came from unknown people. The first part of this genealogy uh, lists the people that the Jewish people were very familiar with. Uh, They were people that the Jews of the time, and even us today, could go back into God's word and find out more about them. As been said, these people were from all walks of life. Some were not such great examples, some were women, and some were even Gentiles or non-Jewish people. And as we read about the people whom Jesus came from, we realize that these people are all born in this world, they're all lived in this world, and they're all died in this world. 
ordinary people. As Bart said last week, this genealogy is not exhaustive. Uh, some generations are left out. Uh, and this list shows the line of prophetic promise started from Abraham onto David, following most of the kings uh, before the exile. And then we come to this third set of names. This third grouping of names in the genealogy seem a little bit more unknown. Seem to be people we don't always read about. Uh, because we've studied Hagar, we realize that Zerubbabel is a name that stands out. Uh, we would remember that as we went through the book of Hagar. In Hagar 2 verse 23, the Bible says, On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. So we recognize his name, and we know that he served God well and helped to get the temple rebuilt. But as we look at the rest of those names in that list, they're not as recognizable. Uh, and that is because there was a time of silence when God chose not to speak to the Israel people, when God had nothing more written down to the Holy Scriptures, when the families described in this list were unknown to the majority of people uh, and the Jewish people. They were unknown, they were not spoken about, they were not kings, they were not prophets, they were descended from prophets and kings, they were, they were just everyday people. And you know, that's really good news. It's really good to know that because it means that God's line of authority continued through ordinary people. God used ordinary people because of the promises that he made. Jesus' birth is rooted in God's promises. And God always keeps his promises. You know, each of us are ordinary people. And God has some special promises recorded in the Bible for you and for me. Let me remind you of a few of those, of those promises. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. And that says, But you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. If we believe in God, if we are followers of Christ, then this speaks about this. This speaks about us. We might be ordinary people and might have been born as ordinary people. But when we become born again into God's family, we are now royal and priestly, God's special possession. The genealogy includes kings and priests, but in our lives, maybe we don't come from those sort of people, that sort of background. But once we become born again, we have become chosen, royal, a holy priesthood, God's special possession. Another promise is found in John 1, verse 12 to 13. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, 
nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Our parents' names might not be in this genealogy, but we have become children of God. If we have received him and believed in his name, he has called us to be part of his family. He has put us to be his, as, as brothers and sisters of Jesus. And thirdly, Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of, confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What a promise. Jesus will complete the work that he began in us. Even though Jesus came from unknown people, we know that he keeps his promises. And let's continue to see that as he came, he promised to his people who were in exile that had no hope. So we see in the second point that Jesus came to people as promised. And this is where we, we get to this, the verse that Colin mentioned right at the beginning, the first song that we had. We go back to the book of Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah was written uh, for the people in exile. And so Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah 9 verse 1 and 2 says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Remember those verses. Continuing to verse 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Just as God made promises to Abraham and David about a son, he also made promises to the exiles about a son. The son, who would be born to a virgin, would reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, upholding it with justice and righteousness. As I said earlier, the book of Isaiah was written to warn God's people of the coming exile and to give them comfort during that exile. The exile was the lowest moment in Israel's history. They suffered the loss of Jerusalem. They suffered the loss of the temple. They suffered the loss of their freedom. It seemed like all of God's promises had been lost. Everything seemed to be over. But Isaiah promised about this child to be born, whose government and peace would never end. Unfortunately, many of the Jewish people are still waiting for the son to come. They are still waiting for the prophetic promise to be fulfilled. But we know as Christians that these promises in Isaiah 
refer to Jesus, as our text today shows in verse 16. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Jesus was not born of the line of, of Joseph, but rather adopted into his line as a child of the virgin who gave birth to a son, who is Jesus, the Messiah. So why even have this long genealogy leading up to Joseph, if Joseph was not Jesus' birth father? Because according to the commentators, uh, by Palestinian law, the head of the family was no less the head of his adopted children than those of the children that he had procreated. So that means that Joseph adopting Jesus' own, Jesus is now linked forever into Joseph's line and the list of people that have come before in this genealogy. Uh, for me, this makes total sense because um, some of you might know my family and I came to the UK on an ancestry visa. Uh, my grandfather was born in Dundee, Scotland, and so as his grandchildren, we could come and work in this country on an ancestry visa. The thing is, my grandfather is not my father's biological father. When he married my grandmother, he formally adopted my dad and my aunt as his children. And so they are no longer his stepchildren, but they were his actual children, his adopted children. And so therefore, I, as his grandchild, have the same right to apply to live in this country as my cousins, uh, whose parents became children after marriage. Adoption gives equal rights as procreation in the UK immigration law. Like Jesus was adopted into that family and became part of the genealogy, I became part of my grandfather's genealogy. Jesus was born into Joseph's line and became the Messiah as promised to the exiles. They now had an opportunity to become part of an everlasting kingdom. They had Jesus walk among them. They had Jesus perform miracles with them. They had Jesus proving who he was, who he said he was. As a nation, God himself walked among them, taught in their temple, in their fields, and on their mountains. Yet as a nation, they chose to reject him. They chose to crucify him. Jesus, the Messiah, was the way for Israel to return to being the people of God. But they hung him on a cross as a criminal. The very people who were waiting for him. The very people who had received a promise for him allowed him to die. But this was God's plan, to bring other people into the family. Because although Jesus came to people as promised, he also came to adopt other people into his family. So Jesus came to adopt us into his family. This is where we come in. Jesus came as a Messiah for all people, not just for the Jewish people. As he was adopted into Joseph's family, his coming allowed us to be adopted into God's family. Romans 8 verse 15 says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you may live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection made it possible for us to join God's family. Although our actions deserve death and not choosing Christ makes us slaves to sin, 
God does not call us slaves. Rather, he adopts us into his family. And now we can call him our father, our Abba. We are no longer have to live in fear of the future. We no longer have to live in fear of the present because God is in control. No matter what might happen around us, what a privilege it is to be part of the family of God, to have all the promises given to us in scriptures to be true, to be his children, to become co-heirs with Jesus. As God's children, we can now live in a way that calls others to him. We can call others to serve Christ. We can pray to our Abba, our Father, knowing that he hears us and that he loves us. And he wants to give us every good and perfect gift. Church, live today as children of the only true and wise King, the King of the universe. He longs to be the King of you and the King of me. This genealogy, as we've gone through it in the last three weeks, shows us that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises to Abraham, that all nations will be blessed by him. It is the fulfillment of God's promise to David that a king would forever reign on his throne. It is the fulfillment of God's promise to the exiles that a child will be born and reign over all. It is the fulfillment of God's promise to each and every one of us that we are part of his family now and we have a future in him. God's promised that Jesus would come and Jesus' birth is rooted in those promises. And God always keeps his promises. So can I encourage you, as you celebrate the birthday of Jesus on the 25th, remember that he came to adopt you into his family by his promises, made us part of his family. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you that you are good, that your mercy is endure forever, that there is none like you. No one can come close to who you are. We thank you that Jesus came from people that were unknown, ordinary people, folks like each one of us in this church. And we pray, Lord, that we would be worthy of that adoption that he's given to us, that we would live our lives towards being more like Jesus, that we would choose to choose our words in a way that professes Jesus, that we would live our actions in a way that reflects Christ as Christians. Help us to recognize our adoption to your family as a privilege and an honor, and help us to live in that way. In Jesus' name, amen.